what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to dissect what it takes to be a good Facebook marketer, what it takes to be a marketer on the digital platforms. I've been writing copy since 1973. I've worked for a lot of radio stations. I was a disc jockey. I was a talk show host. And I've written a lot of copy for a lot of campaigns. 1980, I wrote $1 billion worth of copy. In other words, I didn't get paid a billion, but the copy I wrote sold a billion dollars. And I did that for a lot of big agencies and a lot of high ticket items like, you know, automobiles and stuff like that, houses. So making a billion dollars writing copy isn't that hard. So when you hear somebody say, well, I wrote, you know, copy that made me $50 million. Well, it's not that hard. It's pretty easy. You just have to get into a groove and write the copy and sell the product. So whether you're selling a $500,000 house, a $30,000 automobile, or a $5,000 coaching program, it's all the same. There is no difference. What you have to do is you have to dissect why the person wants your stuff. And I call buy my stuff, I call it BMS. So whenever you hear me say BMS, it means buy my stuff. So what we want to do is we want to get people to buy our stuff. So how do we do that? How do we get people to buy our stuff? It's like magic, right? No, it's not magic. What some people will tell you to do is you need to lower the barriers, lower the friction. You need to lower the fear. And what that means is the fear of giving you money. So what they propose to do is that you have a huge sale. You know, this item is $10,000. I'm going to put it on sale for 1000 and call it value. And you can do that. That works. The other way is multiple payments. You can do multiple payments. You can have three payments, five payments, whatever. That does lower the barrier to entry. It does lower the fear. There's another thing that lowers the fear, though, and that is raising the need. So raising the need is the other half of the equation that people will never tell you about. And the reason why they never tell you about it is because they don't know about it. They've never tried it. They've never looked at the full equation. Marketing is like a mathematical equation. Whatever happens on the X side also has to happen on the Y side to be equal. So what they do is they figure out, well, I need to lower my price. No, that's the wrong thing to do. I need to offer payments. Okay, that might be the right thing to do. It's kind of a hassle, but it might be the right thing to do. And they never look at the need. How do I increase the need of my product with the person who's looking at my product? Well, what you have to do is emphasize what problems you are going to solve for them. I see way too many people emphasizing what they'll get. And that's not how you sell product. 
telling people you're going to get all this stuff and you're going to get boxes and boxes of digital stuff and you're going to receive all this stuff. All that does is overwhelm people. They don't want all that stuff. What do they want? They don't want boxes and boxes and boxes of your stuff. They want one problem solved. That's all they want. It's really easy. And when you break it down like that, then it's really, really easy to sell to them. It's really, really easy to increase the need because you address the need and you tell them you are going to solve their problem. The one problem that they have, the one problem that you are going to solve for them and that you're going to charge them for, but you are going to solve the problem. Start emphasizing that your product is a solution to their problem that will raise the need and then you can if you want lower the barrier to entry by having you know a sale or having multiple payments you can do that also so when you do both at the same time there's no barrier to entry you just got rid of all the barriers to entry and i see way too many marketers big guys that are just emphasizing one area and they're saying here's all the stuff you'll get well i don't really care about all that stuff i don't really care about doing the work i see that a lot also it'll work if you put in the work well people don't want to work that's why pills are so popular today they don't want to work they want to pop a pill and they want the pill to fix the problem that's what they want so when you say you have to put in the work what you're doing is you're telling the person don't buy my stuff because you're going to have to work so you don't want to emphasize work you want to emphasize a solution to the problem they have one problem you have a solution there are probably thousands of solutions to their one problem. So you have to tell them what sets you apart. So just lowering the price will do one thing. It'll affirm in their minds that number one, you are Walmart. You are going to give them a $3 tube of toothpaste for a dollar because that's what Walmart does. You also affirm that all your stuff is discounted and don't ever pay full price because, you know, you'll have a sale eventually, right? So you're getting yourself into the perpetual sale trap. And it will happen even if you say it's a $5,000 value and I'm only charging $1,000. People view that as a sale. And if you continue to say it's a $5,000 value, one of these times, because I'm very well versed in this, because I had to work for big corporations, one of these times the FTC is going to come knocking on your door, and they're going to say, prove to us that your stuff is worth five grand and show us where you got the numbers. 
And if you cannot prove and you cannot show the numbers, they will write you a ticket in the United States. They will have some kind of hearing and they'll say, stop that, knock that off, don't do that anymore. And you'll have to find a new way to do it. So I suggest you find the new way to do it now before the FTC or the threat of the FTC comes knocking at your door. It's happened to some marketers, but they were really, really blatant. They said, buy my stuff and you'll make a million dollars. Well, you know, some guys have done that and they've gotten caught. Don't ever do that. Don't ever promise money in return because you're, you're just going to get caught up in the web. One of these days, you are going to get caught up in the web of some federal agency or some state agency. Now, that brings up a point. What's really funny is the big marketers, nobody knows this. I'm telling you, you're probably the first time you're ever going to hear it. What they do is they do not advertise in the Washington, D.C. area and the Alexandria, Virginia area, which is a suburb of D.C. Why do they exclude those areas from the Facebook algorithm? It's because they do not want to get in front of a regulator, either a regulator that is working or not working on their off time, and they catch their eye and go, wait a minute, that does not sound right. That sounds like they're pushing the envelope, maybe even breaking the law. So I, Monday morning, am going to contact them and write them a letter and tell them to cease and desist that uh, behavior. And then if you do, you'll be fine. If you don't, then they will fine you. I've seen it happen. So the big guys do not advertise in the areas where the regulators either work or they reside. I even know some people that will take some states that are very, very hypervigilant about what you can say and what you can't say in advertising, and they will exclude those city capital cities also. You don't have to go that far. But what I would do is I would not advertise in Washington, D.C. or Alexandria, Virginia, unless my stuff was ironclad. So if you are pushing the envelope a little bit or you think you might be pushing the envelope, then exclude those cities and you'll be thankful you did because you don't want the regulators you don't want to make it too easy for them. Now, I'm an advocate for, um, you know, being above board all the time. Uh, I'm not an advocate for pushing the limit. But a lot of you guys don't know where the limit is. I know where the limit is. You don't know where the limit is. And you think everything's fine because you've never gotten caught before. And things go sideways real quick. Now, the FTC can seize your bank accounts. They can do all sorts of stuff. I know it's happened to people. I know the people it happened to because they got a little bit too cocky, a little bit too lax. And the FTC said, we will not put you in prison if you give us every dime that's in your bank account. 
Well, they didn't want to go to prison. So the fine was everything in your bank account. Some people, it was two and a half million. Some people, it was 250,000. So don't let it be you. If you don't know what you're doing, do not advertise on Facebook on those cities. If you know what you're doing, but you know you're pushing the limits, don't advertise in those cities. You'll be thankful you didn't do it. So another piece of information for you has to do with writing copy. Now, when you write copy on the Facebook side, you have to be very, very happy. Facebook wants everybody happy and everything in Facebook is happy, 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 happy. You cannot go on Facebook with a negative ad. However, as marketers, we know this one thing, that negativity sells. We know it sells, sells better than positivity. We know this over the decades. Use this bath soap so you don't stink. Use this toothpaste so you don't have bad breath. Use this mouthwash so you don't have bad breath. There must be 500 products that deal with bad breath alone. So they don't sell it on the positive, they sell it on the negative. Now you can do this on Google Ads. You sell on the negative and I'm gonna tell you why, why that works and why Google allows you to do this. People are Googling something. They're either Googling for information, uh, institutional information, in other words, you know, schools or whatnot, or they're Googling for a solution to a problem. And the problem is always negative. So you'll never see a Google search that says, I have a billion dollars and I love it. There is no answer to that. Google cannot help that person. Everything's great. But there is a solution to, I have a billion dollars and I don't know how to invest it. Google has a solution to that because there's a negative aspect to that search. So Google is on the negative. Facebook is on the positive. So if you take a negative aimed Google ad and put it on Facebook, one of a couple of things are going to happen. It won't run. They may shut your account down or it may not do anything or you'll get a lot of complaints. One of a couple of things is going to happen on face on Google. The negative ad is going to get you more sales than the positive angle ad. So just keep that in mind. When people do a search, they're searching for the negative. A, uh, an answer to the negative. They have a negative problem and they want a positive solution. So that's what you do on Google AdWords or Google Ads is what they now call it. On Facebook, you cannot run the same ad. You have to rework it. The whole angle is happy. And if you're not generally a happy person and you have to get in a happy mindset, then I start, what I would do is, is, Start thinking about Disneyland. When you went to Disney World, Disneyland, what happened there? How did that make you feel? In the next couple of podcasts, I'm going to tell you my secret for making ads work. And it has to do with feeling. I told you 
the word feeling already. It has to do with feeling. How does this ad make me feel? And I'm gonna share with you how I picture, how I pick out pictures and images for ads. And it has to do with feeling. I have a numbering system and I have a way that I specifically look at images and I make a snap judgment because what we're doing is we're calling on the front uh, part of our brain that deals very quickly with fight or flight, friend or foe. How does this make me feel? How does this image make me feel? We're going to go more into depth on the next couple of podcasts on that. So this podcast is all about giving you insight on how advertising works in the digital world. And I've got some good news. If you're an old guy like me and you came from the direct response segment of advertising, meaning you stuffed people's mailbox full of sales letters, then you're going to do really well because the digital platform is nothing more than a mailbox. And if you were able to write copy for DR, direct response, you'll be able to write copy for the digital platform because in the digital platform, long sales copy still works better than short sales copy. So if you are used to long format sales copy, then you're gonna be used to, and you're gonna do really well in the digital space because long form rules and the meandering tail is what I call it, also works really well on Facebook. Now on Google, it's mixed bag. People want the answer now, and they want it uh, yesterday. So long sales copy, you'll have to test that on Google because it changes all the time. But on Facebook, throughout the years, time and time again, time again, every time I test it, long form copy rules. So what you want to do is you want to bring out emotion in your copy. You don't want to tell people what they're going to get because that's just a waste of time. You want to make them feel something. You want them to realize that you have the solution to their one problem. They have one problem that they need solved right now, and you've got the solution to that one problem. And you want to emphasize the solution to that one problem. You don't want to tell them what they get. You don't have to tell them what they get. They don't care what they get. They just want the solution to the problem. They want the problem fixed. It's just that simple. Fix my problem. I'll give you money. What could be easier than that? Right? Not much. So what I want you to do is start reframing your mindset and reframe it from I want money into, I want to help people solve their problems. 